Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture, along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints, to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today's Gospel story, I think, is very relevant for many of us. Now, for the past two weeks, we have heard stories of the Apostles having these incredible experiences of the risen Christ, in which they've seen and they've spoke with Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Now, we presume this would be life-changing for the Apostles, that seeing the resurrected Christ, now the Apostles would continue Jesus' mission establish the church in this world, and then go about the business of evangelization. But when we hear the gospel for today, that may not be so. In fact, the apostles appear to be back in their old way of life, before they were even recruited or called by Jesus Christ. Now notice how the story begins. It tells us where the apostles are. The Sea of Tiberias. Well, that's their home. That's Galilee. That's essentially where the apostles started from when Jesus recruited them. Now realize, in Jerusalem is where Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, has appeared to people. And for the past two weeks, we've heard Jesus Christ appearing to the apostles when the apostles were in Jerusalem. So you can say Jerusalem is the spiritual hotbed. It's the place where you want to be. That is where you are going to encounter the risen Christ. Now, if there's any one place you want to be, it's in Jerusalem. You don't want to leave it. And yet, where are the apostles? They're gone. They went back home to Galilee. Now, realize also, Galilee is about 80 to 90 miles away from Jerusalem, to the north of Jerusalem. That would be, if you walked maybe 15 miles a day, maybe a six or seven day journey. 
And so that's a long distance away from Jerusalem. Worse yet, the apostles are back to their old jobs. They're fishing again. Many of them were fishermen before Jesus recruited them. Now, has this happened to us? You know, we've had some incredible spiritual experience. Maybe at a retreat, maybe we listen to a dynamic speaker, and we get charged up. And we say, I'm going to commit my life to change. I'm going to be a better person, better way of life. But after a while, that spiritual high dies down. We go back into our old way of life, living out our old values. And so it appears this is the same case with the apostles. Now notice what Peter says. I'm going fishing. The apostles said, we'll join you. Now that seems so very flat as a language. You know, where's that great spiritual intensity we've been listening about for the past two weeks? Where is that great life that the apostles had when they saw the resurrected Christ? It seems gone. Well, next in the story, it says at dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore. Well, Jesus is standing on the shore as if he is the rising sun, and he is, spiritually speaking. He will illuminate the lives of the apostles And we'll see just how. This is exactly what Jesus does for us, too. He illumines our life. He makes everything in our life rich and great. Now, Jesus asks them, have they caught anything? They said no. And then he tells them, cast your nets over the right side. They do, and they catch a huge amount of fish. Here's the first great spiritual lesson we can take from this. When Jesus Christ enters your life, He will elevate your life. He will enrich it. Even the most ordinary and the most mundane things of your life. Look at the apostles. You know, here they are fishing. And they've been doing this for countless days and years because they were fishermen. This is something ordinary in their life. Yet what does Jesus do? He elevates it, right? Such that they catch a huge number of fish. A number beyond imagination. See, this is what Jesus does for us. In the midst of our ordinary life, of our job, our family, and our friends, we bring all those things to Christ. And he enriches them. He elevates them such that they become a source of joy for us always. Next, they recognize that it's Jesus on the shore. Well, when Jesus elevates our life, it's easy to identify and see God's presence in our life. Now, notice that strange little detail about Peter. It says he tucked in his clothes because he was lightly clad and jumped into the water and swam to shore. Now, for most of us, when we get into a pool or into a lake to swim, we take off our clothes and we put on a bathing suit. But Peter does just the opposite. He puts all of his clothes on and then jumps into the water. It seems pretty bizarre. And yet, where else do we see people in the Bible that were naked and then immediately cover themselves up when they see that they're in the presence of God? Adam and Eve. Before the fall of grace, it said Adam and Eve walked with God in easy friendship in the cool evening of the garden. It was symbolic of their innocence. They didn't know that they were naked. They didn't care. And yet, when they sinned, their eyes were wide opened. Their first instinct, to cover themselves up. What were they covering? Their sin. That's why God, when he comes into the garden, he says to them, 
You know, where are you? And why are you hiding from me? Well, it's because they know that they sinned. Well, the same thing holds true with Peter. He sees God, just like Adam and Eve. And he immediately, his first instinct, to cover himself up. He covers his sin. That's why he puts all of his clothes on. Peter is ashamed at what he did by denying Jesus Christ. Here's the second great spiritual truth we can take from this. If we first allow Jesus into our lives, he will illuminate our lives, the good as well as the bad, our sins. But we shouldn't be afraid or embarrassed by that. Instead, it's a significant sign that Jesus is more operative in our life more than ever before. Well, the rest of the apostles make it to shore. And now Jesus, he has his apostles gathered around him. Well, that's a beautiful portrait of our church. For three years, Jesus has lived with his apostles gathered around him. He shared his life with them. And now he shares a meal that he himself has prepared for his apostles. Friends, the same thing holds true with us. Every week when we gather for Mass on the weekend, we gather around Christ, around his altar. And it is Jesus Christ who prepares a special meal for us, his body and his blood. That's why this is one of the reasons why we must come to Mass every week, you know, to continue that beautiful portrait of our church, gathered around Jesus, eating a meal that he has prepared for us. Finally, there's that interaction with Jesus and Peter. But before we get into this, it's important for us to understand that Christianity is not a philosophy whereby we subscribe to a set of ideas or principles. Instead, Christianity is about a relationship with God. And this is why Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Jesus, he doesn't ask Peter, you know, do you subscribe to my teaching? Nor does he ask him, you know, do you agree with my way of life? Instead, the question that he asks Peter is all about the quality of Peter's love for Jesus. And so it begs the question, what's the quality of love that Jesus has for us? Well, when you go into church, look at the crucifix, Jesus hanging on the cross. That's the answer to your question. That's the quality of Jesus' love for us to give himself completely away even to death on the cross. And so what's the quality of our love for Christ? The same thing in response. We give back to God everything that he has given to us. We give back to God all of our prayers and our prosperity, all of our skills and our abilities. You know, we live a life of stewardship. That's the quality of life, of love that we give to Christ. Jesus asks Peter, do you love me, three times. Essentially, he is leading Peter on a process of reconciliation. We all know Peter denied Jesus three times. And so now Peter reaffirms his love for Christ. What's really happening here? Jesus is taking sin, which is an offense to God, and he's turning it into love. Sin into love. Sin into love. See, that's exactly what Jesus does for us when we go to confession and confess our sins. We go to confession, we confess our sins, which really are an offense against God. And what does Jesus do? He turns those sins into love, 
sin into love, such that when our sins are absolved and we leave the confessional, we reaffirm our love for Jesus Christ, and we essentially recognize our quality of love that we have for Christ and try and live it out. And that's the power of the sacrament of reconciliation. One last thing to think about. Now that we're reconciled back to God, now we are sent, just like the apostles, to live out the quality of our love for God. The apostles did just that. You know, they went out into the world, they established our church, they evangelized. Some even gave their lives for Christ. Well, we have to be like the apostles ourselves. We have to live out the quality of our love for Jesus Christ. How do we do that? By giving ourselves over to Christ. All the gifts that God has given us, we give back to God in service to him and others. We give back to God our prayers and our prosperity. We give back to God our skills and our abilities. See, when we do that each and every day of our life, then we truly are living out the quality of our love that we have for God. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.